small bright lights. Morales says, quote, saw red growth like angel hair. From the Los Angeles Times, November 24th, 1978. State police, United States Air Force investigators, find no angel hair at Mojave site. Tickman and Morales take, pass, lie tests. Possibility of hoax discounted. From the New York Times, August 16, 1980, alien abductees remain convinced. Psychologists question drawings of so-called gray men. From the Wall Street Journal, February 9, 1985, Carl Sagan, quote, No, we are not alone. Prominent scientist reaffirms belief in ETs, says, quote, Odds of intelligent life are enormous. From the Phoenix Sun, March 14, 1997, huge UFO sighted near Prescott. Dozens describe boomerang-shaped object. Switchboard at Luke Air Force Base deluged with reports. From the Phoenix Sun, March 20, 1997, Phoenix lights remain unexplained. Photos not doctored, expert says. Air Force investigators mum. From the Polden, Arizona Weekly, April 9, 1997. Food poisoning outbreak unexplained. Reports of red grass discounted as hoax. From the Derry, Maine Daily News, May 15, 2000. Mystery lights once again reported in Jefferson Tract. Kineo town manager says, quote, I don't know what they are, but they keep coming back. Simon and Schuster Audio presents Dreamcatcher by Stephen King, read by Jeffrey DeMunn. SSDD. It became their motto and Jonesy couldn't for the life of him remember which of them started saying it first. Payback's a bitch, that was his. Fucking Freddy and a half a dozen even more colorful obscenities originated with Beaver. Henry was the one who taught them to say, what goes around comes around. It was the kind of zen shit Henry liked, even when they were kids. SSDD, though. What about SSDD? Whose brainstorm had that been? Didn't matter. What mattered was that they believed the first half of it when they were a quartet, and all of it when they were five, and then the second half of it when they were a quartet again. When it was just the four of them again, the days got darker. There were more fuck-me-freddy days. They knew it, but not why. They knew something was wrong with them, different at least, but not what. They knew they were caught, but not exactly how. And all this long before the lights in the sky before McCarthy and Becky Shue. S-S-D-D. Sometimes it's just what you say, and sometimes you believe in nothing but the darkness. And then, how do you go along? 1988. Even Beaver gets the blues. To say that Beaver's marriage didn't work would be like saying that the launch of the Challenger space shuttle went a little bit wrong. 
Joe Beaver Clarendon and Lori Sue Kenapensky made it through eight months, and then, kapow, there goes my baby. Somebody help me pick up the fucking pieces. The Beave is basically a happy guy, any of his hangout buddies would tell you that, but this is his dark time. He doesn't see any of his old friends, the ones he thinks of as his real friends, except for the one week in November when they are together every year, and last November he and Laurie Sue had still been hanging on. By a thread, granted, but still hanging on. Now he spends a lot of his time, too much he knows, in the bars of Portland's old port district, the porthole, and the seamen's club, and the Free Street pub. He's drinking too much, and smoking too much of the old rope-a-dope, and come most mornings, he doesn't like to look at himself in the bathroom mirror. His red-rimmed eyes skitter away from his reflection, and he thinks, I ought to quit the clubs. Pretty soon I'm going to have a problem the way Pete's got one, gee.